welcome to the Huntback Country podcast as we continue Elk Week 2021. Once again, this is myself and our normal co-host Steve Speck, along with our guests from Born and Raised Outdoors, Cody and Trent. And this is the second part of Elk Week, and today we're talking about how to hunt effectively with a partner or in a group. This topic includes discussion on collar and shooter setups, communication between hunters, and a lot more. I hope you guys enjoy this one and this entire Elk Week series. Don't forget, there's more coming beyond these podcasts. There's going to be a video launch on the Born and Raised YouTube channel with some giveaways and so much more. So you can either head over to the Born and Raised YouTube channel now and hit subscribe to get the Elk Week video release that's coming soon, or you can go to exomountaingear.com forward slash newsletter and become an Exo Insider, and we will let you know when the video giveaway and other resources launch as well. Either of those links will be in the show description, so hit pause now and go check those out, and then tune back in right now as we talk about hunting elk effectively with a partner or in a group. All right, so this next topic we want to get into is how to hunt elk effectively with a partner or in a group. Uh, and we'll cover both scenarios. One thing I think is unique that you guys get to do a lot of is hunt in a large group. And so we'll talk about if you're just hunting with a buddy and partner setups, collar shooter setups. But I want to start with when you do have a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's specifically a listener of the podcast who wrote in and said him and his buddy have hunt- hunted together the last few years. And this year there's five of them going together. And so they're kind of weighing, you know, do we all hunt together as five guys with a couple shooters? Do we break off uh, into a couple groups and cover different country? And obviously this is an opportunity that you guys have done a lot of, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've personally done it with you. Absolutely. Um, And so talk talk about that first. Uh, What are the advantages? When do you split into multiple groups if you have a handful of guys or when do you all stay together? First off... You make sure no one else draws the tag, and so they pretty much have to be there for you the whole time. Yeah, right. Five guys, one shooter. Cody does that all the time. Cody does that all the time. No, um, yeah, that five guys kind of thing is such that it's that, yeah, we could split up, but, man, it's probably more effective. But let's just kind of go back to, like, just a group, right? How we've been successful, how we've done everything is just being selfless. Honestly, that's that's created our all of our success. Being totally honest, that's what you know. If you're allowed, if you're if you're willing to just take your time and say, "I'll call for you all day today," and then you call for me tomorrow or whatnot. It's not like, "Oh man, I got to shoot. I got to be shooter and everything." If you can give up your time for someone else, and especially in a team scenario, like from that three to five. If we have five guys, we're probably going to all hunt together. Probably. Depending on the time that we have in the place and depending on it just it's so much more effective for us so and it's and it's real rough to film with two guys and call and everything that whole caller uh having your caller back and, and we'll probably get into more scenario stuff in a little bit but but with with numerous people it's um it's actually way way better honestly and and the reason being is elk they run in herds right and elk are not quiet you guys have all heard elk mm-hmm. they're loud they're they don't tiptoe around usually mm-hmm. they're you know and so being your own quote-unquote herd and having guys that can make all these sounds that elk make 
it just it's going to fool that elk even more it's going to do a lot of things for you and then you can also run like say you do have five guys with multiple tags you can run like a two shooter setup so there's so many times that an elk will come in and you go oh, he was 25 yards but he was right behind that tree well this guy standing off 10 yards off could get a shot at him or vice versa or however mm -hmm. that works so it's that whole teamwork right it's the whole first i would establish with the team the biggest thing in the whole equation of things i would say is just establish who is shooters you know is it you know Steve Speck in the back calling that's just gonna wing an arrow over your head possibly? <laughs> it's happened. It's happened. <laughs> no, I mean it's just you know established. Okay, these are the shooters, and then when you do put them out there up front and say, okay, this is the lane that I'm shooting on. What mm -hmm. are you shooting on? Because elk are always different. Sometimes they'll come on a string. Sometimes they'll come and try to circle you, so you can actually you know you're gonna need different angles and stuff, and so. I would establish that right off the bat, like, okay, this is where I'm shooting, this is my shooting lane, how far back are you going to go, and and the caller scenario, and to dip into that, I mean, that's a whole different topic, but it, we, what we have a couple variants on that, we rely on terrain big time, so topography is huge, if there's a hill, elk sometimes want to go to ridge top, so we'll get close enough to the ridge top to where we can get a shot at him when he comes and checks us out there's there's a bunch of different things that kind of go into that but like roosevelt country where we're at right now a lot of times we are from me to steve when we're calling hmm. from the shooter just because it's so thick that if they come around you to the, if they would if you were to drop back 70 yards or so and that elk was to come around steve would never have a shot at it because he'd yeah. never, never even see it you know okay. so there's a ton of different ways to go about it but i would just say uh, establish who's going to be shooter and establish who's going to be caller rules yeah yeah not like ground rules per se but like an understanding oh, we had them written out, yeah. oh yeah no we did yeah <laughs> I mean, it's, for us it's always been a little different because there's a guy filming you know right. so that yeah. was like um and then you know for i would say a team of three is like the magic number if, if i say like a magic number and that is a caller two shooters mm -hmm. that that's a really good number when you get in the four and five for us like filming it all makes sense but when you're if if i just had a group of five buddies I would say, like in that guy's case of five, okay, let's divide and conquer, split in a three and a two deal and, and alternate, try to meet back at the end of the day, compare notes, like what, what the elk are doing. Um, you know, rolling five deep in one group for them might be ineffective and not as efficient because you're all in one area. Yeah. You know, so I would say that, you know, the two two-man teams or three-man team is is a really good sweet spot go you know make sure you're in an area that you can split up and it's not like you're fighting to kind of all like hunt the good stuff and yeah. it, you know everyone wants to like get attracted into oh, i'm going to go into this basin and, and then you're kind of fighting against each other um so i would say effectively make a plan you know and granted that you're going to sway based on what you find for the day but like hey we're going to go up and hunt this we're gonna side hill this whole band of mountains. Okay, cool, you guys are gonna be across the canyon several couple miles away. We're gonna hunt this and we'll meet up tonight down here at this lake or whatever it is. And kind yeah. of have have that plan in place and, and stick to that game plan. And just, you know, we've definitely, you know, and in case in point, like we're, the first time we went to Colorado, it was like, there was bugles everywhere. Okay, we're going and hunting this way. Trent and I went, you know, Steve and Ty went that way. Trent and I went that way. 
and we never even hunted the same elk and we were all, both into elk the whole day. I mean, it was crazy. It was absolutely mm-hmm. insane. But um, we kind of had that plan, that plan and we stuck to the plan. Yeah. Um, so I would say like on a group size, set the ground rules, stick to that. And, and two, I think for the enjoyment side of it, is alternating we we used to stick to like okay i'm shooter for the day you're caller for the day i was gonna ask about that yeah even whether guys are in a group or it's even two buddies who are maybe newer to hunting together yeah we changed actually it hasn't been just too many years ago i think probably was it land of the i don't know if we did full days did we do full day shooters so now, I don't remember. Oh, no, we did experiences. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and then you got to lay down some ground rules. For, <laughs> yeah. like, for encounter, but then for, what's an encounter? Is well, that yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like when you hear a bull bugle, okay, Steve's shooter on that bull. Yep. Even if that comes in, moves off, we're still on that bull bugling. Steve's up, right? You know, and then it's like that we either bust that bull or it's like, man, I had a close encounter. I'm good. On to the next guy. Yep. Gotcha. But yeah. again, ground rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to make sure, like, because yeah. if you know, then you'll get somebody out there just. Well, we heard a bugle. My turn. Right. Yeah, you, you screwed that up. You know. And it so goes back to that yeah. selflessness deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. a big win is like we kill the bull. It's not I kill the yeah. bull. Yeah. Um, you know, and being stoked for your buddy. But you all have to. And I think setting those prior, like, hey, we're going and gonna do this hunt, like way back when when you first say this is what we're doing like put that all out there and mm-hmm. make sure that everyone's on the same page because there's some people that be like dude i'm taking vacation i'm spending all this money i'm hunting every single day yeah. and if yeah. no one's if they're not on the same page you're setting yourself up for a disaster for and sure. two maybe you know hey if you kill one let's share the meat or something of that nature right. have right. that yeah. figured out way before yeah. have it all you know if i shoot one i know we only have a week off of work we spend two days packing this thing out i'm giving you half the meat you're you know yeah. something of that nature yeah 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 talk about things you guys have learned on communication so whether this is a group or even mm-hmm. again just a shooter caller two guys yeah. like you know, there's scenarios where the guy's up front, he's the shooter, and he's wanting to push forward, right? Or he sees what the caller can't. And yep. so, um, any little tips or things that you guys have learned on just communication between shooter caller? Super great question. We did it with, that's what we do when we hunt with new groups. And first off, we go through very, very simple sign language, because just like you said, sometimes that bull is up there far enough and the shooter can see him or hear him for that matter. So like, he'll hear him raking. So every time the guy back here rakes, that bull goes nuts and starts raking. Well, a lot of times the guy back can't hear it. Mm-hmm. So we'll motion. And that's where it comes down to, uh, we, we really stress on, make sure that the caller can actually, at least through the timber somewhere, see the shooter. Mm-hmm. So at least there's some sign language that can go on there. And we this was always bugle, and then this would be like cow call. And then obviously, you know, raking or something of that nature and, and very simple, simple sign language. But at the same time, it can make a world of difference on that bull's demeanor because you're just pushing his buttons, right? You're all you're doing is just trying to get him mad enough and say the the right or wrong things to him to make him come closer. So. So, yeah, that, that's a great point as far as just simple commands. Work them out with your buddy before, you know, simple raking stuff and bugle, whatever you want, whatever sign language you yeah. want to use but yeah that's a and then great on the, point. and then if you do lose contact and you're you're set up as a shooter callers back there okay i want to move up just turn around three quick cow calls meow 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 that's come up and whether that's actually meet up or i'm just moving forward that's the you know you kind of have that 
and it's a fluid like a setup's never like fixed deal like mm -hmm. the, the caller's job is to make movements left right back forward based on what that bull's doing to know okay my shooter's in a spot where okay he's he's out in front of the tree he's got shooting lanes around but the bull all of a sudden starts going up the hill and you you know what the wind's doing there it's like okay my job as a caller is to reposition to get that bull to come in that effective lane you don't just be like okay i'm caller i'm staying right here um, and then knowing that the bull's gonna get winded right here, you stay in the same position, or you know you have to make some movements. So, but if the shooter, like I'm gonna move up, three cow calls, he's moving up, you move up maybe to where he was at, make eye contact again, understand, okay, he's set up. And a lot of times too, it's like, when you're, as a shooter, you move into position, it's like one, you do not, it's almost like, Either if you can make visual, don't make audio noise of that mm -hmm. shooter's position. Two, of sneaking up into position because that bull's going to hear branches break. Like mm -hmm. it's the one time where you kind of go in stealth mode. But once you're set up, if you can't see him, just one soft, as quiet as you can, cow call. Okay, I'm ready for you to start calling. So th those are the, the audio side of it. Effectively, if you can make eye contact, yep, we're good. Yeah, right. Like, go for it. Um, so that's kind of that communication side of it. Yeah. Um, and it all, it, it clicks into place, you know, the more times you do it. Mm -hmm. Um, so like one, one thing I remember hunting with you guys, hunting because I'd always hunted two, maybe three guys and then, but I snuck around the woods more and then you guys were just not afraid to make noise. And that's something I learned from you that I was afraid, probably scent like, all right, five guys, that's a lot of scent floating around and then making noise number two. Um, neither one of those really mattered. Like, it, yeah, you know, we've had greater experiences, more frequent experiences in the bigger group. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's so much fun. Yeah, you know, as far as just poking fun at each other, and yeah. I enjoy big groups. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a kick. Yeah, yeah. But talk yeah. about talk about making noise when you're moving through the woods. I, I, I touched on it a little earlier. Elk are giant. They're huge and they're loud. And if you've ever blown up a herd of elk in front of you, you know it's like a herd of elephants. You know, and so. They expect actually some noise. They expect, and, and it goes back to their senses, right? Their sight, their smell, their hearing, and they're they're constantly hearing stuff break and everything. And and I think an overlooked, a way overlooked part of calling would be rubbing, breaking trees. Mm -hmm. Elk are a lot. They they do it a ton, and I think a lot of people are scared. They're you know I, I, they don't want to make too much noise. They want to slip in there, put out that perfect five-toned bugle and then wait to see what happens you know whereas we'll like throw a bugle and you know have drool or whatever hanging off our mouth it sounds like crap or something like that and that bull will be like whoa what was that and then you know it'll be something different or something of that nature so we're not afraid to screw up we're mm -hmm. not afraid to you don't have to have the perfect bugle at all cow calls you need to be pretty dialed on your cow call you need to you know actually really kind of dial that in to you where you can make a clean cow call a bugle you can throw out i mean there's lip balls there's you hear bulls that sound like dragons or whatever cody's got them all named you know <laughs> whatever but uh anyway it, it just they all sound different so making noise is definitely not a bad thing that being said there has been times that you make the wrong noise and you know the whole herd just picks up and leaves and you're like mm -hmm. what did i why, why did I, what did I do? What did I say? What did I, you know? So yeah, I mean, there's always exceptions to the rules, right? But 
making noise isn't it's never been a real thing that we've actually really and i think that comes a lot from like roosevelt country where they can't see you usually unless you're within so many yards mm -hmm. so they base a lot of their a lot of their um daily activities on hearing so they can hear those other elk if there's another herd in the unit you can hear them moving and stuff and so it's just one of those things where when we got i think to colorado or wyoming stuff that was a little more open i think we did get a little bit more ninja ninja i'm not a ninja but i'm a karate expert <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know we got a little bit more to where it's like okay they can hear us you know so definitely if he comes and looks i mean he's just gonna see us whereas around here it's like he's gonna have to come through a lot of brush in order to yeah and moving that. through the woods you're breaking branches you know you're not you're rolling rocks whatever it's just one of those herd moving through scenario the one thing else i wanted to really touch on i think with a hunting with a partner or with a team is like the mental fortitude and the team mentality mm. is like a big strength. Mm. It, it could be a big weakness. I was going to say, it could yeah, be a big weakness yeah. too. So it's, it's really going into with the, the same attitude, same thought process through it. And the cool thing that I've seen in the past, maybe something, you know, worst case scenario, a guy shoots an elk, loses it. Like mm. at that point, they want to quit like they want to give up and and having someone else there to pick them up and learn from that and you know build on it as that mistake like okay i think the if you have the wrong guy there he's like yeah let's go home and that's like the that's the failure side of it's quitting early you know mm -hmm. and so having someone there that's on that same driven path of where you want to end up and stick it out and you know maybe two days later you have an epic experience that you would not have had if you would have went home mm -hmm. you know so having that that team and mentality, working through those emotions working th yeah, yeah 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 because and it's we've all it's crazy even on the same hunt on the same trip but we're we trent and i have talked about this like we have a totally different experience of elk season you know just on a day-to-day -day basis of what you know we go in get on an elk we mess it up they go and kill an elk you know in the same country have a totally different experience um so you, you got to kind of live off someone else's success and have have that mentality of like going in for the the team win you know so. yeah switching gears this probably isn't as relevant to like a larger group where you have multiple shooters but think of just the two pairs right you got caller shooter two buddies out hunting together how aware does the caller need to be in a situation where they both have tags of the opportunity that he becomes the shooter unintentionally, right? So whether it's yeah. a satellite sneaking in or the primary bull you had responding circles past the shooter. Um, I, I've run into that early on and it caught me off guard, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was so in the caller mode and all of a sudden I had a bull come in on me and I was like, whoa, you know. Like, we, we were doing this at Roosevelt. It was hushing was down. And I was back calling and raking and everything, and and there was these like three bulls out, and it was super brushy. And I had Casey up over here, and I think Kenton he was bowed over here, and I'm over here raking and doing my thing. Well, so we have rules in the camera side of things that you know if it's not on camera, you can't shoot it. And um, so, yeah. And but in the scenario you're talking, just the buddies out there, it happens quite often. You know that you'll have usually, like you said, a satellite bull that's not going to give away you know anything kind of maybe a little timid but he'll come in the back door or something like that so definitely be ready but in that scenario i had two bulls come in within 
like 32 yards and legal bulls and everything and it's like you just kind of just hunker down and kind of wait till they hopefully wander off so you don't spook them and whatnot and so <laughs> but it does happen definitely it does yeah. happen i think we had it happen too with you i believe in land of the free and one of them or something in came Super in Bowl. yeah i don't remember that one um well it just as far i guess it was you couldn't have killed it you were up above but we We've definitely had the play of where the yeah, all right. of a sudden the caller has the opportunity to kill a bull, yeah. and so you need to be prepared. I mean, we've we've had mistakes of yeah, knock an arrow, put it beside a tree yeah. while you're calling something yeah. like that, so you can easily grab and and possibly get a shot. I mean, put yourself in 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 a spot to be successful, right? Every yeah. chance you get, put yourself in a spot to be have success. So even if it's you know there's no elk around or whatnot, you never know. Just throw something. You know, put an arrow knocked and yeah. just lean it there or something like that. And it's sometimes Listen, that was a, that's a communication thing with the with your partner too. Is like, hey, if a bull comes in thirty yards, you're a shooter. You okay if I shoot it? You know, because some guys aren't. Yeah, because some guys are not okay. That's probably yeah. not a good hunting partner. Yeah. But I've, I've heard those that stories. Was my yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, my turn. I never hunt with that guy again. He stole an elk from me. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, things like even keeping shooting lanes in mind, maybe even quick ranging stuff, like depending on what that yeah. looks like as the caller. For sure. Like, right. And yes. in a filming thing, we don't really think about it. We think about the most kind of like not brushy but like place where nothing's going to see us to where we can do our movements and everything and but in that like with two guys that are both have tags heck yeah yeah always think about you know shooting lanes and yeah. ways that you're going to be able to get a shot if something comes in sideways or something well that's a wrap on this segment but once again this is just the second part of this five-part series if you haven't yet hit that subscribe or follow button to receive future episodes automatically in tomorrow's episode and the continuation of this series, we're going to be talking about how to deal with hunting pressure and still fill your elk tag. Be sure to tune in. It's going to be a great discussion and we'll talk to you soon.